I'm Cray Beaumont Flynn. Welcome to Beyond the Design, a show that gives you a peek behind the curtain of the design industry and shares the stories of those that are the driving force behind it. Well, welcome to Beyond the Design today. And today we have Francis Berry, artist extraordinaire. Welcome to the show, Francis. Oh, thank you very, very much. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your story, how you got started as an artist. Oof, that is a, a extremely long story, but um, I will do my best to keep it abbreviated. Uh, I've been an artist since I was in college, I guess. But can you really consider yourself an artist until you've started making money regularly? Oh, starving artist. <laughs> that, is a, that is a total lie. <laughs> Truly, um, I think that I, I've been an artist since I got out of graduate school, probably. Uh, that was when I had people writing about my work, and I was a digital artist then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted, I guess I wanted to be part of the art world, but I did not realize that meant you were going to be poor. <laughs> <laughs> and so I tried to figure out what I was going to do. And um, I painting was the the thing that I felt the most connected to. And so I I started painting everything. Everything. Uh, Walls and canvas and everything. Birds, trees, Uh, anything that in particular. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty much anything that would not be killed by my paint. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I would I I'd like to say that I've been an artist for at least the past. 10 years or so. I think that comfortably can say that I've been making money for about a decade. <laughs> so what inspired you to become an so, artist instead of, instead of becoming like a doctor or a lawyer or something, <laughs> the architect? Aside from the, the lack of skill sets. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that I became an artist because it was the one thing that I knew I could do consistently. I was interested in, I would be interested in like geometry or biology or chemistry for like a hot second and then I'd quit. <laughs> and so art's the one thing that I can do and do consistently. So what, what inspires you when you start creating your craft and pieces? What, where do you, where do you pull from? Um, well, the, the majority of my work is made up of the female form. And like I said, I was going to say shaded, but I'm hearing myself in my headphones and I got to, I got to at least have one since. So, um, the majority of my work is made up of the female form, which is mostly me kind of contending with my own existence. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, everything else is sort of just the stuff that buffers the female form. So if I'm having a moment where I'm having a really hard time in my own skin, then I make a lot of of nudes. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is just words or or comedy. (laughs) So when you start having these ideas... If that makes any sort of sense. It does. So when you're having these ideas of what you want to create and the dialogue that you're trying to, I guess, institute into your art, do you 
just go to the canvas and start working or do you kind of uh, draw it out and kind of plan it out? Oh, no, no, no. It's far more the former than the latter. (laughs) (laughs) I very much just walk up to a a blank surface and I stare at it like I'm staring at clouds. And then I sort of see stuff and I go. (laughs) This is where it is. It sounds so ridiculous when you say it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you're inspired by whatever's in your thoughts. So it makes sense. Now, do you, when you start creating, is there a different direction that sometimes you take after you start that process? Oh, most definitely. Um, I've I've often said that I am a garbage artist and an excellent editor. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if sometimes I look at something and I think, how do I fix this? It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> So, but it's, I mean, it is the truth. I wish that I could go into anything knowing what it was going to look like. Right. And I never do. So when you decided to take this path, and as you started at the top of the show, when did you know you were an actual artist, that you were doing something that was inspiring or people looked at and gravitated to? Is that what and it so- is to be an artist, is to be inspiring? Um. I I don't know if I if I'm ever going to feel like I've arrived as an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh mainly because from when you're when you're sitting here first person doing it it doesn't seem that miraculous. Mm-hmm. And then then you get feedback and you get people telling you that what you're doing is amazing. And then you have to really summon that part of you that's like you're not that great. <laughs> what you're doing is not as big as it could be and i i joke constantly that i'm i'm got one foot uh thinking that i'm a genius and then the other being completely self-deprecating <laughs> that's how the creative mind works so, <laughs> i think so i'd like to think so so how long does it take for you to actually do a piece from from conception to finished but, product, is it very? Uh, are we talking a commission? Are we talking a commission? Are we talking a piece that's mine? The piece that's yours. Oh, it can take. Sometimes I've made something that I think is brilliant, and I made it in like two days. And then sometimes I'll start something and I'll know that there's something amazing there. And then two years later, I'll finish it. (laughs) Hey, but I mean, I'm working on some, yeah, I'm working on commissions right now. And they're, they're, I mean, somebody spent a good bit of money on them. And Mm -hmm. so they're going to get my time. But, uh, Sometimes even with that, I might even finish it in a day. Right. So I wish that there was like a set time that I could give it, make my pricing a lot easier. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a particular piece that you can think of early in your career in the last decade that you thought, this is my heart and soul and that you're most proud of? Or is each piece? I 100% can. Yeah. No, I absolutely can. Um, 
it is a piece that I made on the back of a roll of wrapping paper okay. because I did not have the money to buy paper. <laughs> and uh, I actually still have it. It's in my studio. Really? I, um, yeah. I bought it back from the girl that bought it. She was gonna. She was gonna cut eighteen inches off of it. Oh, wow. and I just couldn't have that. So, but yes, I do have it in here. So, what what makes you think of that piece as part of your your heart and soul, and that you're most proud of? What is it about it? It was the first piece that I made that I thought I can do this. I'm kind of good at this. <laughs> I mean, so, it was the first thing I ever made that I looked at and I thought I could I could see this hanging somewhere really fancy. And so do you think you will resell it at some point? Probably I mean, not. No, it's going to stay within your own no. collection. Uh, my very small collection of pieces that I have not just immediately sold. I mean, I'm not, I'm not attached to things I make as a rule, hmm. but that one, I, I always yeah. will be. So talk about your commissions that you're doing uh, currently. I mean, can I move the camera? Cause they're right here. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, why not? Is that cool? That's cool. Okay. I'll take y'all on a, a voyage here. Can, Okay. This is this one guy, mm -hmm. and, and then us, uh, same people have. Can, oh, we'll rewind. Yeah, rewind. <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, we do that. So the couple that commissioned all three of these, uh, they're going in three different spaces that they own. Uh, one of the properties they own is in Utah, and they wanted several different national parks that are located in Utah. Mm -hmm. uh, so trying to combine arches and horseshoe bend and a million other things into this was quite complicated. And I'm actually working from AI images I made. Uh -huh. So this is one of the AI. I can't, where's my finger? There it is. Right. <laughs> and then they've got another property in Vegas. And they wanted old school Las Vegas. And so that's what this one is. And then this one is going into another property, which is just a giant nude. So that is currently what's up on my wall. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. We're going to bring you back around here and try not to make you guys nauseous. <laughs> so when you do commissions, uh, do you take directions and kind of a, a, a guide from the client or do they kind of give you a free realm to do what you want to do? They give me free range. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like to involve them mainly because it, it because it's a collaborative piece. I would never make a piece about Utah national parks. So it is in fact a collaborative uh, piece. And so the same thing with the Vegas one, the nude is going to be more me, mm -hmm. but the other two were their ideas that I'm just bringing to life. Fantastic. So, is are these clients that you've done work with before or new clients? Um, actually, no, they're new clients. Uh, they they found me through Lucy Hale, which I don't. Lucy Hale is kind of she's a very big deal 
she is one of my bigger clients, I'd, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's from Memphis originally. And uh, she's been amazing for helping me like elevate my work. She mentioned me in a New York Times piece that she had. Yeah. And yeah. That's good PR. I'm, I know, right? <laughs> I don't think it's like one of those things where I don't know if she'll ever quite realize how much that helped me. Right, right. <laughs> All she did was mention that I was like one of her favorite things in Memphis. And then explode. I know. So how many pieces do you work on at, at one time if you're not doing commissions? <laughs> the whole drying rack. No, oh, everywhere. I, my drying rack's full of stuff I'm working on. Um, I actually just had my niece here all last week and I'm trying to show her how to do this. Because oh, as my parents, how to be an artist. Oh. Yeah. As yeah. my parents have reiterated to her, she doesn't have the financial backing that I had. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. It helps. Oh, so you are you a- kidding me? It's, it's the only way. You got a little protege. Um, she's far more talented than I ever was. I think that's probably the reason that she takes it so for granted that it comes so easy to her. Mm. Uh. I don't know. I would have thought I was awesome if I was her. There you go. <laughs> so when you're doing multiple tasking and multiple pieces at a time, do you ever kind of um want to say cross cross paths between the pieces? Like, oh, I'm doing this over here and now I gotta do this over here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mainly in technique. Uh-huh. Uh I um, it's things I forgot I even learned in school. And then I'll bring back into one piece. And then I'm like, oh, that worked really well in that one piece. Let's see what happens here. So. what What's your preferred medium of uh, oils or? Oh, no, no, no. I love you for thinking I'm that good. <laughs> no. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Oil is for those who have truly learned their craft. <laughs> it's too much for me. I, I actually failed my undergrad class in oil painting because my teacher was like, you can't try to do this the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I, I, could, I tried to put it actually in the oven. Oh. Didn't that work. could be problematic. Yeah, it did not yeah. work. <laughs> Beyond, beyond. So, what medium do you work in mostly? Um, every piece I work on has acrylic, and then uh, oil pastel and fine charcoal, and that's about the extent of what I do. Is there a medium that you want to kind of re-engage or work on that you haven't yet in, to incorporate? Into oh, desperately. Yeah. Yes. I would love to, I ultimately would love to be a sculptor. Really? And wow. Yes. And uh, I love the idea of working three-dimensionally. Do y'all want to see something else that I've been working on? Absolutely. This is all about you, okay. girl. Hey, Aaron, <laughs> can you bring the piece from behind the this sofa back there. I had to hide it because we had a paint and soap. <laughs> and y'all are going to get to meet Aaron, who's like my right hand lady. Yeah. 
this guy. Hold on. Can you pick so it you up? Talk about sculpting. Are you thinking about stone, clay? Um, I suppose I should say more like installation. Oh, okay. Um, but still sculpting nonetheless. Aaron, my beautiful Vanna White, is bringing the mock-up. You could set it on top of there. That's fine. Oh. So this is what I have plans for uh, Art Basel next year. Wow. So this is just the like mock-up of it. It will be life-sized. So tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind this piece and what motivated you. Um, so I, I want to do something that is, uh, a mirror to mankind mm -hmm. what we are and the best way that I thought like we could, or I could do that is through, um, sorry, there's a lot going on here. My studio assistant, Anthony just came in. Hi, Anthony. <laughs> oh, y'all are on headphones. He said, hi, um, is through AI imagery though. and. I find it terribly interesting that AI can only do what you can describe. And as a result, I ended up with those images. And I don't, I, at the moment, I'm trying to get funding for it. Mm -hmm. We're about halfway there. So hopefully I can bring this to life. But um, eventually, though, I would love to, sculpting maybe isn't the best word, 3D installation. There you go. There yeah. we go. That's going to be the best. But I do love sculpting as well. I, I joke all the time about the fact that I was a digital artist who became a painter who will most likely become a sculptor. Eventually. <laughs> hey, Renaissance gal. I mean, let's, I mean, Picasso did it. Hey, why not? Yeah, exactly. And everybody thinks I'm a, a, a just a jerk <laughs> whenever I say that. Like, I think I'm Picasso. But I mean, Picasso had to be Picasso. Exactly. Hey. So now that I've walked all, I feel like I've made y'all dizzy. <laughs> I've made myself dizzy. <laughs> okay. So I'm I'm interested in that piece because what inspired you, and you said it's going to be a full scale. Oh yeah. So in dimension wise, what does that entail? Oh, huge, gigantic. It's uh about um 75 feet wide oh wow about 18 feet tall um it's gonna do you remember risers from elementary yeah. school okay mm -hmm. it's gonna be set up on something like that the foreground pieces will be about eight feet tall everything else behind it will be taller 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 uh and I, I I think I've maybe been a bit ambitious in all of it. But then again, I've always been a bit ambitious. <laughs> hey, it's always good to challenge yourself. Do you challenge yourself, you think? Um oh most best? definitely. Yeah. Oh most definitely. But then again, I've also had the luxury of being able to take risks. Mm -hmm. I I not only did I have incredibly supportive family, but I also have a, a father who has taken risks. And so he understands what it is that sometimes to to get big, you got to gamble big. 
Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, and being around uh, entrepreneurs, businessmen, and things like that, I kind of have a different mindset. Mm-hmm. So, what is it? Do you have have you already named that piece? Not yet. No. Yeah. I've written a lot about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I write a lot. So, when you're creating a piece, how, do you already have a name for it before you finish, or does a name come afterwards? Aaron names most of my work. Really? Oh yeah. Aaron. Aaron names. And Aaron, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you name 99% of my work. Yeah. Yeah, she said yeah. <laughs> Mainly because I do. I make a lot of work. And so uh, I finish it. Aaron cleans it up. She photographs it. She puts it online. She names it. And I mean, the whole goal with her and I has been that she wanted one day for me to just be able to make work. And here we are. So, I mean, it's a, that's a, that's, that's a lofty goal for most artists. Right. Right. So where do you showcase most of your pieces? I don't. You don't? I sell everything online. Yeah. I'm really bothered at the idea of giving my money to anybody. (laughs) I get that. Yeah. I mean, what other, what other business is like that? Exactly. Right. Like that depends on fancy realtors. (laughs) Yeah. I know that sounds probably awful. I do appreciate galleries. I think that I, for somebody like me, they're not exact. They don't make sense. Mm-hmm. So, how do you do? Do your own exhibits? I don't exhibit really. No. So everything is mm-hmm. online. It's just by it's New just York Times postings and, <laughs> and the I know, right? The occasional hype from a celebrity and uh, Instagram and. Which I know makes me an outlier. Uh, most artists aspire to be picked up by a gallerist and, and or gallery, and six, 50, 60 percent of my money going to somebody else. Yeah, it's not a great feeling. Yeah, when you work so hard and you blood, sweat, and tears, as they say. Yeah, uh, we're very much the Memphis version of a gallery. Yeah. Like we're the grit and grind, the hustle. So I briefly asked you in the beginning of the show what inspires you and motivates you. And I think we, or I digressed into something. Else oh, probably. I digress through all <laughs> every. That's me. We, we, we do digress <laughs> with each other. So what inspires you daily to get up and create? What motivates you to do what you do? Damn. <laughs> um, the feeling that nobody else is going to do it if I don't do it. That's one, right? I've got people that depend on me. And the other part is, it's this like very deep feeling that there's something great in me. And that sounds so crappy. <laughs> like, well, it makes it sound like I've already said I thought I was Picasso. 
So uh, I think Just it has more it. to do with, <laughs> I know, right? I, so basically what you're understanding here is that I have a grand idea of myself. <laughs> um, no, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that the, the clock is ticking, hmm. right? Like I have only so much time to, to do and to make. And I think that once you hit this age, I'm, I'm about to be 40. And so it's, it's very, I'm very aware of how old I am. Hmm. And I know that I'm sure that if you're older, you're like, Oh, that's not old, <laughs> but it is, it is, it feels very suddenly old, <laughs> especially when you look on Instagram and there's a bunch of 22 year olds making stuff and you're suddenly like, nobody gets yeah. a shit what you're doing. Yeah. You're the, you're the old, you're the old, old group. I, I am, especially like being a woman that doesn't have children. It, it's, it's a pain, it's a, not a painful, like for me. Um, it's more of like just a, a hyper rea- it's like a hyper reality mm-hmm. become, I become very aware of what I look like to the outside world. So how is the art scene in Memphis? Is there one? I was going to, oh, is there one? Is there a community? <laughs> is there an art community? Are you? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, there is. I never, I I've gotten in trouble in the past <laughs> for not saying that there is one. Uh, there, there is, I'm not, I don't think I'm a part of it. Yeah. I don't know. I've never, I've always been kind of oblivious. Like, I, I mean, I'm going to make my own thing happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you feel like, um, when you complete a piece that it's something that you want to hold on to longer than you do have to, to sell it? Mm-hmm. No. You're done. Never done. Done. Uh, I had a teacher in undergrad. He was my figure drawing teacher and he was amazing. He was 92 when he taught me and I put my figure drawings up on the wall. I was so proud of them. So, so proud of them. (laughs) And he walked up to them. He was looking at them, observing them. And he looked at me. And then went back to my pieces, took them off the wall, took them outside, tore them into a million pieces and threw them over the third story balcony. And he looked at me and said, nothing you ever make will ever be this precious. Wow. Yeah. Imagine that. Blew my mind. And from that point forward, I was always able to let go of things readily. I will say that the older I get, looking back at pieces that I gave, I gave away. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm finally able to realize that like, as long as I have breath in my body and a day before me, I can make new things. There you go. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a piece that you can think of that you were surprised at the outcome it received and is there one that didn't get what you thought should have got in recognition okay see the second part of that question is far more relevant (laughs) (laughs) i it's always the pieces i think are crap that people love they're great and it's always oh yeah 
And it's always the things I love the most that people don't give a damn about. It's a little bit disheartening to be quite honest. And I get why so many younger artists feel like older artists are sellouts. Mm. It's because at a certain point you have to decide, do I want to starve to death and, and make these beautiful things? Like, at what point, like, what point in time should I decide that I've come first? And if the thing that is uh, well-received and loved by the masses is not something I happen to care for, then is that such, I mean, is it that much of an awful thing? I mean, at least something I'm doing is being loved. Mm -hmm. Do Do you still have passion for it? Or is it more of a... Cray, don't ask me these questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at some point it becomes... Yes, yes, I do have passion. <laughs> I have to, I have to, uh, it's not what it was when it was 20, when I was 25. Right, right. <laughs> it's not there like it was. Well, you it's, just, I think you get more into the process and the creation instead of the passion or the vision or the creativity. I mean, I think that when, once you reach this phase uh, and you see what works and what doesn't work and you, there's a part of you that starts being guided by the, the masses to some extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you have to remind yourself regularly, like, eventually you're going to get to a part where part of your life where you can make more and make the things you want to make. Maybe if you're lucky. Well, yeah, I think also you have age on your side where someone that's 22 doesn't have the experiences or the knowledge or the ups and downs of life and how they're, what they need to create. And when you get to a certain age, you have more of that, Oh, I 100% agree with that. (laughs) You have more history behind you to tell a story or tell various stories. And you don't have that, that foolish optimism. (laughs) True. (laughs) So what is the story of Francis Berry that you're trying to tell? Francis Berry Moreno. Moreno. Yeah. Got to add that in. We wouldn't want the husband to get his feelings hurt. (laughs) True, true. And he's a very nice man. He is. He's spectacular. Um, so what is my story? Is that what the question was? Yeah. What's the Francis Barry Morano story that you do or do not tell in your pieces? <sighs> oh God. Can we go to another question? <laughs> okay. I do have another question. Do you ever, are you ever asked by your clients that buy your pieces where they should hang it? Or are you just kind of like, wherever you want to Oh, go? all the time. It's amazing to me the people that think that I'm an uh, interior designer. I'm like, no, no, no. No, no. I come from a long line of that. Right, right. But I am not. I mean, I am a I'm a hobo, basically. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, if anything, when somebody asks me about where they should hang a piece, they'll send me pictures and I immediately send them to my mother. And then I get my mom's feedback. And then I immediately pass it off as my own. 
because that's my mom's department. Do you ever go to the installations? Um, occasionally, but not not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've yet to reach kind of that, you know, ele- elevation as an artist, where I show up in white gloves and we touch we touch artwork and act like it. It's the Elgin marbles. Right. Because <laughs> that's not, I mean, everything I make, I want everybody to feel like they can touch it and live with it and be a, be a part of it. And to me, a lot of art that requires white gloves mm-hmm. doesn't allow for that. You've done a few public art pieces, though, correct? Yes, I have. But they've mostly been mural I don't know. I, I guess I have done public art. <laughs> I'm really kind of garbage at keeping up with what all I've done. <laughs> well, that's that's. What I'm Picasso. At. Didn't I tell you this earlier? <laughs> true, true. All right, yeah. let's go back to the other question. The story of Francis Barry Mirage. <laughs> As in, where is it going or where has it been? Well, because in our, as an artist, I'm assuming that you take part of who you are into your pieces. Is there part of you that you hold back and don't display in your pieces, you think? 100%. Yeah. I can't give it all away at once. <laughs> I mean, what would be left? Yeah. They're not paying me enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> so is there uh, part of your own personal story that you're trying to relay? And do you ever get asked by your clients that buy the pieces to tell them more about the piece and what it means to you, not so much how it's translated back to them or how they interpret it? I mean, I'm kind of going back through the past 10 questions you've asked me about like <laughs> all everything when you ask me that, because in my head, I'm thinking like, shit, I'm a sellout. No. <laughs> No, it's quite possible though. I I give people as much as they want, if that makes any sort of sense. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, I mean, some people don't want a lot. They they want exactly what they paid for, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then some people they say they want something, but they want something that it's not you, and so you give them that. I, I mean, I guess at the core of myself, I'm a salesman. And that sounds probably pretty shitty. <laughs> no, I mean, you've got a creative mind that you're trying to sell. So you have to be the salesman. I, I wish that we lived in a world that I could be exactly who I am. And I get paid as well as I do right now mm-hmm. to be exactly who I am. But that's just not the case. Right. So, I mean, because who I am is messy and has lots of ups and downs. And is not is not quirky and fun, <laughs> but is kind of a hot mess most of the t- times. So, during your career path as an artist, is there something you want to achieve besides sculpting? Oh. <laughs> besides being Picasso, you mean? Yes. <laughs> um, absolutely. I would love to find that moment in which what I want to make as an artist and what the the world wants from artists crosses, right? We have a Venn diagram (laughs) 
that would be amazing. I don't know if I ever see that happening. You never know. And that kind of bums me out, but I get up and I go at it every day regardless. A lot of a lot of things came to so. Picasso very late in life, so <laughs> I mean he also was a dude. So let's be True. let's be real honest with ourselves. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because you do uh, uh, paint uh, a lot of female forms. What are you trying to relate to the audience about the female form? Hmm. 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 <laughs> uh, so I, I actually have combated some severe body dysmorphia my entire adult life. That uh, it, it drove me to some very dark and bleak spaces. And uh, as a result, I draw the weird figures I draw <laughs> because it's me trying to cope with my own physical existence, mm. which I think that every human being on earth attempts to con- contend-, contend with their own physical form and the limitations of such. And so that's what those are. <laughs> and I, I think that it's, it's actually quite funny that the majority of people who relate to my work, uh, the comments that they make are all along the lines of, I, I struggle in my own physical form. This feels like me. Um, and we're living through times where lots of people are actually feeling comfortable vocalizing that. Right. And so I feel like, weirdly enough, my, my, my nudes actually speak to a, lot, a whole lot of people, but they come from purely my selfish de- desire to understand my own physical form. <laughs> well, I mean, that all the sort of things. <laughs> they're, they're all beautiful because I think it's, it's, as they say, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And so everyone's a little bit different. So you have to see the, a little bit. Of, uh, the human form in so many different ways. And there's beauty. There's beauty in the art of the human form so well and i'm sitting here looking at one of them thinking to myself like somebody's gonna hang this in their house (laughs) (laughs) that that seems wrong (laughs) (laughs) i know and then i and then i'm immediately like come on (laughs) sell yourself better francis so is there there is there a handful of commissions you take per year and say okay i can do so much per year or you just whatever comes. That's an Aaron question. Yeah. How many commissions do we take a year? Aaron just did this. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you limit yourself to how many? Five, five to what? Five to fifteen. Five, fifteen, or twenty a month. They keep but, doing work. <laughs> uh, Aaron is this. Wow! <laughs> I have my own binder. I know. Binder. I she she's she's all about this. She this is when people come in and say that they want stuff. They send us pictures and all sorts of things. And right now we're actually kind of way lower than normal because these three are big ticket items. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we don't have to take as many. Oh, 
whatever you have. Oh, hold on. You can, we, okay, you can come in here. This is past commissions from, this is the last six months. So she keeps you busy. <laughs> oh, so Aaron is, Aaron should be part of this podcast. She can come on camera. She can be Aaron, we, come on, come on. She's, she just did this and, uh. <laughs> and then probably something not nice. Aaron used to manage a strip club in Memphis. Oh. Aaron, Aaron is amazing. But yeah, she does keep me busy. I mean, that's, that's a handful of commissions per year. So that's. Oh, this was six months. Wow. <laughs> so when you do a commission piece, are you inspired to do something that's relatively connected to a commission piece for your own story of taking no. a different direction? Aaron knows me well enough to know the ones I'm willing to do and the ones I'm not. So she's good at being like to the one, because look, the people, oftentimes the people that are willing to spend more money are going to have the less, they're going to have less to say about the way the outcome of it is. Right. Uh, whereas the people who are nickeling and diming with you are going to really hold your feet over the fire. If that makes any sort of sense. So Aaron knows the ones to take and ones to not to take. So I really do wish she would come on. She's <laughs> truly the better. She's my better half. <laughs> she's so over here. Just. <laughs> <laughs> so when you do take a commission, have you had an opportunity from a client saying, do whatever you want? Oh, all the time. Yeah. 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 And those are the best. They get the best work out of me. Uh, the ones that want to hover and make me do stuff I wouldn't do on my own. Mm -hmm. I'll do what they want me to do. But it's ultimately the result will not be anything I necessarily am thrilled about. Hmm. If that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. I, I I do try I do try to make sure that every commission piece is something I did give my best to. Mainly because I recognize that everything I make is not putting a roof over anybody's head. It's not putting food in your belly. It's not anything that's necessary to live. Mm -hmm. And so therefore it has to be it needs to be something spectacular. <laughs> and I mean, pretty much everything that I sell has to be something spectacular. Even if it's maybe nothing I would hang in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any ideas or visions of something you want to do that you haven't done yet that you've held back? All the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, think of think about the environment we as creatives are creating in. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have my foot pushed down on the gas and the brake yeah, at the same time <laughs> all the time. I, it's awful. Um there's part of me that wants to make things that feel honest and true and relevant and all of these things, but doesn't want to have to deal with the backlash. I mean, 
everything, even the most like benign things gets backlash these days. Right. And so making something that feels honest and real and true and all of those things and thinking that I can somehow withstand all the backlash is ridiculous. So I just make right now I'm making things that are baby food. (laughs) (laughs) Palatable. (laughs) They are, they, they have to be. Otherwise I, I risk losing half my audience. Right. Do you think there will be a time that you will just say to hell with them? You're going to do it. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's an age factor at some point when you get a certain age. I think it has more to do with the money factor. Yeah. Like I, I've got, I've got my, my husband's a scientist. So like, I'm really, I'm, we're depending on me. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I very much want to make things that feel honest and real, but I want to be at a point in my life in which I feel like I can defend them beyond a shadow of a doubt right Mm -hmm. like where i'm impenetrable almost right if that that makes (laughs) any sense do you think um each piece that you do that you are moving in that direction with a little bit more challenging yourself and taking that risk since you have your foot on both gas and brake Sometimes I feel like I do. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm just a giant waiter. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar Mayer. It's the truth, though. <laughs> just a giant Oscar Mayer waiter. <laughs> I mean, it. My mom. My mom raised me with popularity breeds insincerity, and there's real truth to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that insincerity is if you're being insincere to someone, it's often yourself. And so that is something I hold close to me. And I am painfully aware of on a daily basis. <laughs> so I don't know if I'll ever get to a point where I feel like comfortable saying who it is that I am without feeling like I'm going to have some real blowback about it. Art art is kind of in trouble in that regard. Exactly. Very, very true. Is there something or somewhere you would like to see your piece be at some point in your life? Thinking, oh, wow, that's the... The pinnacle? The pinnacle. The apex? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, I I love the fact that my art keeps not just me alive. It keeps people around me alive. And that's pretty rad. I don't know when I was 20, I ever thought I'd be making artwork in the environment I'm making it in at 38. Like that didn't ever occur to me. Um, I, I think that to have feel like, to feel like I've truly arrived will be at a point in which, um, 
you know what? I don't know if I've, I've even really thought about it. How sad is that? Yeah. It's, it's honesty, though. I don't know. It's. I mean, if you look at, at history, most artists I guess, never, never felt they arrived until long after. So. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be dead for everybody else <laughs> past me to enjoy it. That's garbage. <laughs> True. True. You want to enjoy it and the connectivity that you have with your audience. I, I do want to connect with people. I think that's the reason I write a lot in the work I make. It's because I think a lot of people um, are not going to spend the time with something that's visual, just purely visual. Mm-hmm. And so if you write, then they understand. And you can't be misconstrued. Right, right. So your Instagram is where is Francis? Yes. So would you like to know how that happened? Exactly. That's where I was leading to. You okay, you met my brother, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So when I was 22, I was I was a photographer. And my brother was sitting around my parents' house and I was I was like, Brooks, what do you think my, my website name should be? And he was like, Well, you should just call it Where is Francis because nobody ever knows where you are. <laughs> Uh-huh. And thus, where it's Francis is born. <laughs> and I, every time that I have a show or anything, and everybody's like, where's Francis? Because I'm 20 minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> plays into the branding. Nobody ever knows where I am. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, because you said you do write a lot, and you put writing into your pieces sometimes. Is that just another form of telling the story behind the piece or is it an overlap of something else that you're trying to connect to? Probably the overlap. Yeah. I love words. They're marvelous. You can say so much or so little or so much that's confusing. Mm-hmm. Things that mean 8 million different things at all at once. My mom actually thought I was going to be a writer. And uh, I, I'm working on a book right now. Yeah? Yeah. I'll tell <laughs> a couple us. of them, actually. Really? <laughs> don't hold back on me. No, 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 no. Again, I don't. I mean, I already said I thought I was Picasso. I'm not <laughs> going to be over here saying I think I'm Hemingway. <laughs> no, I love words. I really do. I I. I have a hard time even finishing a piece that doesn't have something in it. That's, that's a word mainly because people imagery can be taken 8 million different ways. Yes. But words can take in 16 million different ways. You can take a word and, and 8 million people will look at it and think 2 million different things. Mm I'm sure there's math and all of that that I just did. But I really do. I love words. I love words when I can't come up with the imagery. If that makes any sort of sense. Yeah. I say that a lot. I know. I don't talk to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> no, words, I mean, it can be used in an art form and you do use them in that, in that perspective as they become. This is uh, actually, I'm, gonna t- I'm taking y'all on a voyage. Tour again? Yes. So this is on my studio wall. Okay. 
Can you, I don't know if you, is it, it's a reversed. Oh, you can't say that word out loud, can you? Because it's oh, on yeah, a podcast. We're not, we're not okay. For, okay. So it's for all the bad show. bitches of your, this one's for you. Because this is a painting of my grandmother that my Aunt Frances, who I'm named after, mm-hmm. painted when they were in college at the University of, uh, uh, oh, wait, what's it called? Mississippi University of Women. That's it. And so she painted that and then she just became a painter of like flowers and married a rich dude. (laughs) And that was it. And so I've always loved that painting. And I thought to myself, you know what? Like I have no excuse to not do something with myself. So, and again, words came into play. I just altered her painting slightly. Put your own spin on your Aunt Frances. I don't think she would have used the word bitches in 1952. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure there was some other Southern word. <laughs> um, that's something way nicer, far more polite. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to tell us about your books or is it going to be a surprise? Uh, no, we'll let, it, we'll let that be a surprise. Okay. One All of right. them is just a coffee table book. The other one is going to be letters to lovers and all sorts of other things. Fantastic. So you say coffee table book, coffee table book about your pieces? Uh, coffee table book about all the pieces that nobody's ever seen. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Is that for ne- this year, next year in the works? I hope before 2025. Okay. That seems so far away, but it's like it really like, isn't. <laughs> I believe I know. I mean, just mind blown, and time just keeps moving faster. Yeah, <sighs> it does. Until one morning you wake up and you're years old. <laughs> oh, whatever. You're doing great. <laughs> uh, it's all the lighting, lighting effects. <laughs> I, I feel like I should have done better in that department. Yeah, you're creative. At least creative. I took my sun. I took my sunglasses off. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Francis, is there anything else you want to share with us before we wrap up? No, it's been great. Has it already been an hour? It's already been an hour. See? Oh my god! I bet you're. Are you exhausted? I'm exhausted. <laughs> no, I'm ready for a drink. But hey, <laughs> it is. Wait, what's? To, uh, it's Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday at lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I not there? <laughs> there you go. Hey, I need to come to Memphis anyway. So um, hopefully that will be soon. And we can have I would love that. Hang out a little bit. Well, thank you so for, so much for coming on today. I thoroughly appreciate it. It's so good to see you again. It was good to see you too. My best to you all. And uh, we will chat soon. Farewell, friends.